Hello, everyone. Before we start the show, I want to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by Mara Family Medicine. We are bringing care back to healthcare in Cumming and Milton, Georgia. And during this time of sheltering in place and social distancing, we are practicing a great deal of telemedicine. We're very excited to be able to come into your home and try to help take care of you while you're in the safety of your home and the comfort of your home. And we are doing that in large part every day right now. So if you are in need of a physician and you're looking for some great health care, contact Morrow Family Medicine, 770-781-8004. And I'm looking forward to the podcast today. Broadcasting live from the North Fulton Business Radio X studio, it's time for To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow. To Your Health is brought to you by Morrow Family Medicine, an award-winning primary care practice, which brings the care back to health care. Hello, everybody. We are back for another episode of To Your Health. This is Dr. Jim Morrow, and I'm very glad that you've decided to tune into this episode If you're listening live, I appreciate that very much. We are here together, in quotes. I'm holding up air quotes here. We're together. We've got John Ray in his home studio. We've got our guest at her home studio, and I'm somewhere, not 100% sure where anymore. But uh, we are avoiding the coronavirus as best we can, and we are just glad to be here to talk to you today about a real important topic when we get through a coronavirus update here in a little bit, we're going to be talking about something other than the coronavirus. And I'm very excited to be doing that. And I think a lot of people will be, we're going to be talking about distracted driving. And I think it's a very important topic. It's a very important safety issue. So we're going to get to that in a little bit, but right now on April the 8th, 2020, as we sit here in the United States of America, we have right at 400,000 cases of coronavirus infection that have been documented in the United States. We, it wouldn't surprise me if we had that many cases that were not documented. And we've had right at 13,000 deaths, but as importantly or more importantly, I think we've had almost 22,000 people who have recovered from the coronavirus infection. And that also does not include all those tens of thousands of people who have the coronavirus and have no idea that they have it. They might think they're reacting to the pollen, they might think they have a cold, they might have absolutely nothing. And so that's why this week the CDC came out and recommended that people wear a cloth face covering, a.k.a. a mask of some sort, when they're out in public where other social distancing measures are difficult to maintain. Now, if you go to the park and you're out there by yourself, I don't think you need to be wearing a mask. But if you are in the grocery store, the pharmacy, anywhere like that, uh, the essential Home Depot store seems to be their essential. I like that. Uh, then you should be wearing a mask. And we started off when coronavirus first hit three months ago, we started off telling people that if you weren't sick, don't wear a mask because it's not going to keep you from getting sick. It's going to keep others from making you sick, but it won't keep you from getting sick. And I think that still is the case. But with these asymptomatic patients that we are learning about, I think it's a really good idea if you're outside to cover your face and assume that you're infected. And you don't want to get others infected. So I think that's a really good thing to do. We're still maintaining the six-foot rule 
Uh, most of the grocery stores have got little decals or some sort of design on the floor so that you can understand what six feet is. Because if you're like a lot of people, you have no clue what six feet is. And it's important to keep that distance. And it's important to know, too, that it, it makes very little difference what you cover your face with. You don't need a surgical mask. You certainly don't need one of the N95 respirators. And you don't need the paint respirator that I saw a guy wearing the other day. What you need is something cloth covering your face so that droplets from you are not getting out onto others and onto surfaces and so forth. So uh, that's pretty much the coronavirus update. There will be a great deal more information about what to do if you get sick and how to prepare for possible illness and how to protect yourself and so forth in our show notes if you go check those out along with the podcast on the links where you know you can find it. <clears throat> so I want to move on and get to our guest because we're very excited today to have a, a great guest is going to talk to us about the topic of distracted driving. Now, every day in the United States, there are about a thousand people injured in crashes that are reported to involve a distracted driver. That's according to the CDC. The, the statistics on full years go back a ways, but in 2015, almost 400,000 people were injured in car wrecks involving a distracted driver. In 2016, 30, almost 3,500 people were killed in crashes with distracted drivers. Drivers under the age of 20, this may be no surprise to anybody, have the highest proportion of distracted-related fatal crashes. In 2017, 42% of high school students who drove in the past 30 days reported sending a text or an email while they were driving. And to me, what that tells you is that 50% of high school students were lying about it. Because if 42% admitted to it, I'd be willing to bet you the truth is closer to 90%. So what is distracted driving? It's not just texting. I mean, people have been driving in a distracted way since the horse and buggy days, I'm pretty sure. I mean, when I was in medical school in the late 70s, I used to drive up I-26 from Columbia, South Carolina to Greenville going home, and I would pass people that were had a book on their steering wheel and they're reading or they're eating, and Lord knows I think we've all been guilty of doing that. And we weren't texting because back then you'd have to have a rotary phone with a wire plugged into your car in order to do that, so we couldn't do that. But we had distraction in a lot of other ways, and they absolutely increase the likelihood of a motor vehicle wreck. So you might have any of the three types of distracted driving. You might have visual distraction. You're just taking your eyes off the road. We all do that. Manual, where you take your hands off the wheel. And I can remember when uh, I was uh, driving my daughter around many, many years ago, she made some comment about, Daddy, you drive really good with your leg. And since then, daddy's tried not to drive with his leg and then taking your mind off of driving, just not paying attention to what you're doing. So it's an important thing. And I'm, I'm very glad to have with us today, Ms. Molly Welch. Molly is a very, very in touch with the whole topic of distracted driving. I'm looking forward to Molly telling her story and telling us about the uh, nonprofit that she started. So Molly, welcome to To Your Health. Um, my name is Molly Walsh. I'm at 33 years old, and at 12 years ago, I was involved 
in a distracted driving accident, a head-on collision with a pickup truck. I was a junior at Auburn when the accident occurred. As a result of the accident, I sustained traumatic brain injury. I was in a coma for a month and um, spent years in therapy. The routine tasks that everyone tackles with effortlessly, I um, became a challenge and a time-consuming process. Things like getting dressed, showering, brushing your hair and teeth, um, to more necessary things like walking and simply getting around. For over a decade, I have spent a balance relearning these tasks, um, along with going back to school. I had to finish what I started, so it took me an extra three years, but I finally walked across that stage to see my diploma. Um, I've undergone years of physical, occupational, and speech therapy all at Shepherd Center and various other places, all in effort to regain some level of normalcy. Several years ago, I put my energy into founding a nonprofit um, called A Second Later that I had. Um, so most of my time is spent on, is focused on developing the A Second Later into that voice of reason, which inevitably stops distracted driving altogether. I seek out mostly opportunities to talk to youth at churches, schools, and clubs. Um, I've also testified before the legislation to help adopt the hands-free law. Um, I've also spoken to TEDx Emory and the Medical Association of Atlanta. My future was permanently altered 12 years ago. Um, that brief moment of distraction or a second later, which my life was altered. Um, it affects um, my life not only the days immediately following the car wreck accident, but my life tomorrow, my life today, and perhaps forever. Thank you so much for that, Molly. I'm just so glad that you're here and we have a chance to, to hear from you. Your story is incredibly touching, and I think it's just incredibly uplifting that you've been through what you've been through and been able to come out where you are today 
I mean, I have the advantage of sitting here looking at you and I can tell that, that you're very excited about what you're doing and that it really is a, a passion for you. And I'm, I'm very glad to have you on here today. But tell me, why do you do this? Why are you doing this exactly? Well, as vehicle passengers, we all have all seen ongoing texting and driving, um, violating the hands-free bill. Well, no law can change everyone's habits. I hope to be that voice of reason that those that I speak to, particularly students, our most vulnerable population, will hear me and realize it's not worth it. There is no text message, no group conversation, no witty comeback worth all the suffering and aggravation that I have to deal with on a daily basis. I can just imagine, and I agree with you 100%. I absolutely agree with you. So at, at the end of the day, what is your goal for what you're trying to do out there? It is hard to learn from others' mistakes, but my goal is to reach as many people as possible, not with a catchy slogan like it can wait, although it can, um, but instead with my compelling firsthand story of the consequences of not focusing on the on driving when you get behind the wheel. Um, the message is more practical more personal, and hopefully more relatable. Well, I think it's definitely relatable, that's for sure. But you're putting an awful lot of work into this and and an awful lot of effort and thought, and I'm sure a lot of other things. But what's in it at the end of the day? What's in it for you? Well, one thing I have a lot today is time. I'm not working right now. I used to, and I would like to again, but I wasn't too successful. So focusing my time and energy on a second later is something I'm passionate about, well-versed in, and it makes me feel good when people hear my story and respond to it. Was well, a remarkable story, and I I know that story includes an awful lot of time in the hospital, even before rehab. And you mentioned Shepherd Center, and the people at Shepherd Center do an absolutely unbelievable job with everything that they do. I think every patient that they touch is forever benefited by that. But I'm sure, even though you've been through all that therapy, that you have specific challenges that are tougher than others. What are some of the the things that are your biggest challenges? I have two challenges. I'm forever grateful for people like you, John, who meet me, realize the important message I carry and the positive impact it can have on today's world. So challenge number one is finding the right outlets in which to tell my personal story. There are 
um, about 10 million people in the state of Georgia, half of which of those live in the Atlanta metro area. I've spoken to probably about a couple thousand of those. So how do I reach a broader audience? Um, because everyone texts and many do it while they drive. Challenge number two. Um, I use all the money that I earn from my nonprofit for my speaking engagements, for transportation, and for food. Um, and I think people are often skeptical when I ask for an honorarium or a donation. And I could, if I earn more money, I could do things like advertise from like commercials and billboards. And also I could travel to other states to spread my message. So I am wide open to communication that this is a legitimate charity and I encourage participation. Well, I think it's something we do need to participate in with you. I think it's something that we all need to think about. And, you know, I, I don't know many people. I'm sure there are some that have never texted and driven, um, but it, you do see it all the time. You're absolutely right about that. So the hands-free law that you helped to, to bring to Georgia is probably not a perfect law. What would you change about that if you could change something? Well, with the House Bill 673, you cannot hold the phone, text, watch a video, or check emails. Um, but it, since 2017, when it was first enacted, it's doubled. And I hope that the bill will skyrocket so that people will never forget the day they drove distracted. Um, right now, it's $100 for the first offense coming from $50, and it's $200 for the second event, events coming from $100, and it's $300 coming from $150. And so I just want, I just, Pray and hope that it keeps going upwards. Well, I hope it does too. You would think after three offenses, they would suspend your license or something. You would, you would think if you couldn't learn it by then, they'd make you do something else. Um, so if we're talking about distractions when we're driving, we, we need to talk about how to avoid distractions. So how do we avoid the, these distractions? What's a, what's a good way to do that? Well, this may seem like common sense, but we don't usually think about that. Um, so you've got to put um, or make sure all the people and objects are in place so they're not falling all over the car. And you have to be sure to only not use excessive passengers in your car, like only have two or three. So divide them between cars. And 
you have to sure, make sure that you pull over when adjusting hair, makeup, GPS, eating, um, radio. It's just, does anything that takes your eye off the road for a second. And there are so many things that do go on in an automobile. Even if you're by yourself, you mentioned loose objects and such as that. It, it's so very easy for something to fall and you think, well, I'm just going to reach down here and grab this. And I'm sure it doesn't take but a millisecond for somebody to end up in the wrong place and end up in the way of someone else. So I think those are all great, great topics. So Molly, I'm sure our listeners are going to want to learn more about you and learn more about a second later. So can you tell us the best way to get in touch with you and to learn more about a second later? Well, um, you can check out Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. All you do is have to type in a second later, one word. Also, you can contact me through email. It's just a second later media at gmail.com. And those are the best two ways of contacting me. Super. So you can reach Molly at a second later media at gmail.com. And you can also look for a second later on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And I hope people will do that. And I hope they will get involved and be more interested and more educated about not only distracted driving, but what can happen if you are a distracted driver. So Molly, I really appreciate you being here with us today. It's very nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. John, I've been kind of ignoring you over there on the right-hand side of my screen here. And, so, and, uh, and rightly so. Uh, because are you still awake? I'm, st- I'm still here, and uh, rightly so. Uh, what, a, what a story and what an inspiration for um, Molly to have the, the presence of heart and spirit for her community to tell her story and to try to uh, prevent uh, – some of the horrific accidents that occur obviously occurred to her and occur in our all, all over our community still in spite of this law. So thank you, Molly. Yeah. So John, do you have any email questions or anything anybody sent in? Yeah. So one question we've got here for um, Molly is what do you suggest Parents, parents are worried about their children. I think sometimes children are worried about their parents too, because parents text as well and drive. But, uh, but what should parents tell their children besides playing this interview for them to try to convince them to, to, you know, be alert on the road? Well, they have those phones now, which don't work while they're behind the wheel. So that could help out. Um, also, um, you just, I, I don't know, tell them not to have too many passengers and keep focusing while you're behind the wheel. Uh, one other question we've got here, that question as well, uh, excuse me, one other question we've got is what uh, someone wants to know about your um uh what you were studying in auburn at at auburn and um what what you know what your career was at there there at 
Auburn. So must be an Auburn graduate. Wants to know about you there. Um, I was a journalism major. Mm. I was actually, when the accident occurred, on a little tape recorder because I was on the newspaper staff and I had taken some interviews. So I must have been um, listening back to them as I, as I was returning back to campus because I was one exit from Auburn and I went clear across the median and head on with the pickup truck. But at first, before I graduated, I wanted to be wanted to be on a newspaper. But now I'm a motivational speaker, so it's still kind of with the same field, but a little different. Yeah, and then. Uh... I've got a question for you myself because I know in your um as you've recovered you've you did some volunteer work uh or, or or maybe you were paid I don't know but you were working at the Shepherd Center yourself. Uh yes. talk about that I was, experience. I was volunteering at um a welcome desk. Mm. It's kind of like an uh desk set up right by their parking garage and I just welcome to people and ask, answer questions for them and show them where to go. And, and I guess the other thing you really are a, uh, an inspiration to folks that have had traumatic brain injuries of what, for whatever reason, I mean, maybe it's not distracted driving, maybe it's for some other reason. And, uh, Maybe you'd like to speak to folks that have that have had traumatic brain injuries, and what would you what would you tell them about that would maybe inspire them as they look forward in their lives? Just never give up. I know it gets extremely hard going through all the therapy and whatnot, but you just gotta keep pushing and and never give up. I think that's great advice. I think that that was great advice when Coach Valvano gave it, and it's great advice today. Mm -hmm. I love that. And it's very clear, Molly, that you have not. And I think there are, I think John's right. You're an incredible inspiration to anybody, but especially anybody that has had a traumatic brain injury. I really can't thank you enough for being with us today. Uh, I have no idea what we're going to talk about next time but it'll be a little bit about coronavirus and a whole lot about something else. And I look forward to having everybody join us, if you would, next time on To Your Health.